we can please have our seat. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I think while you're seated, let's go through the promise of the week. The promise of the week, Revelation 22:12. Can we read it all together? One to go. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Are you part of them? Are you part of that number? So which reward are you going to take? And that is the beginning of today's message. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Who is talking there? Jesus. A few weeks ago, we started a series on statement of faith of this church. And today, by God's grace, we're going to continue and we'll conclude today on a topic that is very interesting, which happens to center on this world. Before we do that, let us worship God and let us bless His name. I need a choir, please. If you don't mind, please rise on your feet again and let us worship God. Be glorified. Hallelujah. Be glorified, be glorified, Lord, be glorified, be thou glorified, be glorified, be thou glorified, be glorified, be glorified. Worship the Lord in the 
Father, we worship you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we exalt your name. For you alone are worthy to be praised. We exalt you this morning. We worship you. For who you are, we worship you. For what you have done, we praise your name. For what you are doing, we give you praise. For what you are set to do in our midst this afternoon, we give you all glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this is your power. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus. And meet us today, individually, and as a church, at the very point of our need, in the name of Jesus. Let no one go back the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. For you have your faith. Somebody is here, you are wondering how will this rest of this year go through. But the Lord is saying, Because I am the Alpha and the Omega. I started the year with you. He said it will end with you. Amen. If that looks like who you have, put, put your hands together for Jesus and take your seat. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for there shall be no loss. We give you all glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Please let's take our seat. Like I said earlier, we started the journey of going through the statement of faith of this church. What we believe and why we believe them. And why we practice them. And we believe that we have achieved that aim in these last two months. But we are not ignorant of the fact that many of us, you may still have questions. You may still have need clarifications. And please... Note that you can approach any of the council members anytime. You can call if you still need any further clarification, any doubt about the statement of faith. And like Pastor said last week, whatever we have said is in the Bible. None of these statements of faith have been taken from the ideology of man or from a book of philosophy. They are all from where? from the Bible, which is our guiding principle. And so if you are a child of God, you need to obey the word of God. Not the word of man, but the word of God. Today we are going to be looking at the last two. And the first one is the final judgment and hell. And the second one is the new heaven and the new earth. We're going to be taking our text from Hebrew 9.27. And I will combine the two in one topic, which is titled, The Final Judgment and the Final Verdict. The Final Judgment and the Final Verdict. You can say the final ruling or the final sentence. When you have a judgment going on in the court, at the end, I will say, when is the verdict day? When are they going to pass the sentence? 
where we'll be deruling. This world you have is a marketplace. We are in a very sophisticated hypermarket. We are the devil, unfortunately, is the managing director. But the CEO is God. Because my Bible says the art and the fullness thereof belongs to who? God. But note that the Bible says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has been said. So yes, it's the managing director. Well, you know, the CEO can remove the managing director. Is that correct? And that is the joy that we have. And no matter what the devil does, we are going to make it home with Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's a song that I want us to sing, and it's a song of commitment from you and from me as well. Many of us may know the song. Can we have it on the string, please? While you are seated, you are going to learn the song. The song says, Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? And you are going to respond, I will be ready. I will be ready. I will be ready when the Lord shall come. You are singing to yourself. And you are making a commitment to be ready when the Lord shall come. And the song God does, Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? I will be ready. I will be ready. I will be ready when the Lord shall come. I will be ready. I our prayer that will be ready for you. When you will come for your home, I pray that Lord, none of us here seated this morning shall be found wanting at your feet in the name of Jesus. Whatever Lord you need to do in our life for us to be fully ready, we submit ourselves unto you this morning. Please prepare us for your coming. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hebrews 9.27 
the final judgment and the final verdict. Hebrews 9.27 As it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, judgment. None of us here have two lives. Whether you like it or not, we are going to die one day. I pray that we all live up to 120 years. Is somebody saying, hey man? <laughs> I don't pray to live up to 120. You know why? Because by 120, the whole of your teeth is gone. You don't enjoy meat again. <laughs> Praise God. We all pray to live long. He said, I will satisfy thee with long life. That is our prayer. But remember, whether you stay 90, 100, 120, 200, God bless you. But you will die one day. No matter how long you stay, what is more important is where you go to spend your eternity. And eternity is not prepared for when you get to eternity. Eternity is prepared for before you start that other side of eternity. As a matter of fact, every one of us, we have started eternity already. The Bible says eternal life is what? That you believe God. The moment you are born again, you have started what? Eternal life. In other words, every one of us, we are born into eternal damnation. But the moment you cross and you become a child of God, you have started eternal life in Christ. We're going to be going through briefly three subtopics under this. And the first one will be the realities of the final judgment. Now, note that we are treating final judgments. Now, if you have not been part of the cell meeting, you see that we have talked about different types of judgment. The seal judgment, the trumpet judgment, the bow judgment. And if you have not been attending cell meeting, you are missing. And by the way, this topic, I will not go into the theological aspect of it. Just touch base on it. Because in the next two, two three months, we are going to be deliberating on Revelation 19. 2021 that summarizes everything that we are going to be discussing today in detail. So don't mean cell meeting to get the details of what happens. What is the new earth, the new heaven? Where is the capital of the new earth? Who is going to rule? Every detail you get it in cell meeting. So don't think I'm, I'm going to give you theological details today. And the second thing we are going to discuss will be what is this final verdict we are talking of? And the last one, how do I ensure that I will spend my eternity with Jesus and not with the devil? Realities of the final judgment. There are two major final judgments. There are two final judgments in the scriptures. One for the believers and one for the unbelievers. And the first one, the Bible calls it the judgment seat 
of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ which will be for believers. In Romans 14.10, the Bible says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set out not thy brother? For we, believers now, shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Paul talking to believers. He said, we, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the thing done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. We must all appear before the judgment seat. You can't run from it. And the best way for you to be confidently prepared is for you to do the good. This judgment seat of Christ, which is the first category of final judgment, it is not a place of condemnation. Because it's for believers. It's actually a place of reward. A place that we are going to be rewarded according to what we have done as Christians. In the Greek, we call it, it is refers to as Bema's seat of Christ. And Bema in Greek means a place where, like in the Olympic, where the paddlers sit and they award who is the fourth, who is the second, who got the highest goal scorer or whatever. So it refers to the judgment seat of Christ where believers will be judged. Somebody say, well, why do we need to be judged again? <laughs> you will see it now. I thought the moment I give my life to Christ, anything I do, God will just forgive me and I will enter heaven. Yes, you will go. But there's judgment for you and I. If you go to our website, I will make reference to it again. In July 2014, I preached a message on eternal reward. And there we we are made to know what are the rewards that we stand to get when we get to heaven. And we said, one of the things we said there is, many believers who cry, and I know I will have done more. And one of the things we mentioned that there will be five distinct crowns for deserving Christians. Some will have all. Some will have one. Probably some will have none. So please refer to that if you want to have that detail about the reward that we are going to stand to gain. And when you want to know the perspective of this judgment seat of Christ, it is likely going to be immediately after rapture. Now there is a lot of theological position about this. When will this judgment seat be? But it is likely going to be, because the Bible says, when Jesus Christ comes, only the dead in Christ will what? Rise. And those of us that are believers will join with an incorruptible body and we go to meet Jesus. This is the fourth category of final judgment. Now, the second category of final judgment is called the great white throne judgment. And this is for unbelievers. In Revelation 20, 11 to 15, Revelation 20, 11 to 15, 
And I saw a great white throne, and Eve that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great. Stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened. What does that mean? It's only the majority that will go to hell. He said the books were opened. And another one book, only one book was opened. On which list are you going to be? On the books or the one book? I read 12 again. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened. Which is the book of life? That is one book. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. So you see that? The emphasis there is what? Bring the books, and everyone will be judged according to the evil they did. They will have done on earth. In Matthew seven thirteen to fourteen, Matthew seven thirteen to fourteen. If you read the New Living Translation, I'm going to read that for you. Said so you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. King James said, "Narrow is the gate. The highway to hell is broad. Highway." Express. So, you know, it's very easy to go to hell. Hello? You need not do any effort. You need not to stress yourself. Just say, devil, you are my landlord. Everything I do from today, I do it for you. And nobody's going to query you. But when it comes to living holy, ah! That is when the problem starts. But when you do it with God, it is stressless. Verse 14. For the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. Brethren, let's not deceive ourselves. The road is truly difficult. But when you go through it with Christ... When you put your yoke on him, it becomes what? Easy. John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Men love what? Darkness rather than light. Let's go to another reality of this final judgment. I think we have seen the two categories. Another reality of this final judgment that you can't do anything about. There's nowhere you, you are not going to campaign. You are not going to any congress. to say, no, we must cancel this judgment seat. We must write a new constitution. Sorry, you cannot. The final judgment is inevitable and unavoidable. 
Ecclesiastes 11.9 Say, for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. And this is specifically talking to youth. Let me read it from the beginning. Say, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thy heart, and in the sight of thy eyes. But know thou that for all these things that you do as a youth, what will happen? God will bring you to judgment. And who is a youth? If you are less than 70, you are a youth. <laughs> Praise God. At least, David said, okay, 70 is the cross line, right? And when you live up to 70, yes, at least I'm old now. Is that correct? So when you are still less than 70, you are what? You are a youth. <laughs> Praise God. Brethren, let's know the fact that this final judgment is a non-negotiable event. Now, I wonder why you see some Christians do some things. And you ask yourself, is this the same Bible we are reading? Are you afraid of God at all? The God that can kill you and nobody will question him. No forensic investigation will discover him. You can't arrest him. And you are playing games with this same God. You are in church today. You are in the devil's house tomorrow. Do you fear God? The day of judgment is coming. Pastor may not see you. No Christian may see you. But there's a high watching you. There's a high always watching me. So the worst thing I can ever do is to be conscious of that high watching me. And be sure I don't do anything that will make him to be angry with me. The books will be open. And the book will be open. Number three things you need to do about this judgment is that Jesus will be the judge. <laughs> you know, you begin to pity some other people. Jesus is the judge. And he will judge the whole universe. So, for you, if you are, know you want to be a smart, you want to be smart, what should you do? You go and do wasta with the judge. How do you do wasta with the judge? Eh? Serve him. Be born again. If Jesus is the judge, and you are going to approach that final judgment, and you cannot do anything about stopping yourself, the worst thing for you to do is to give your life to Jesus. John 5.22 For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto who? The Son. Acts 17.31 Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness, by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. Number four, the realities of the judgment, the final judgment will be perfect. There's no partiality. You can't appeal. 
There's no way you even want to appeal. Who will you appeal to? <laughs> you can't appeal it. Because it will be conducted by the perfect God. With whom there's no variableness or shadow of death. God does not need to impress anybody. There's no gift you want to give him that will make him do the, 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 judge, the judgment anyhow. It is going to be a perfect judgment. I could imagine a screen will be opened. And God will say, is that you, Lekon? I said, God, it is me. It is me. All those times I was doing all those bad things. And I thought you were not looking at me. It is me. Daddy, it is me. But you know the only thing that will save me. But Jesus, please tell Jesus, you know I gave my life to you. That's the only thing you can do. But are you an enemy of the cross? Or a friend of the cross? Psalm 119, verse 137 said, Upright is the judgment of our God. Psalm 119, verse 160 also said, Every judgment of our God is righteous. Romans 2, 2 and 6 talks about the righteousness of the judgment of God. And number five things you need to know about the realities of the judgment is that everything about every man shall be judged during this final judgment. Everything about you, your action, your words, your attitude, your motives, your secret thoughts, everything about you will be judged. In Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 36 to 37. Matthew 12, 36 to 37. But I say unto you that every idle word, every careless word you speak, every dirty joke you crack, the Bible says with what? Will be judged. They shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. For by their word thou shalt be justified, and by thy word, thou shalt be condemned. Matthew 5.22 So if you call somebody a stupid person. You know, I, I wonder when I see the way some Christians talk. Is this man a Christian? Just calling people names anyhow. So you are a stupid person. And many of us to work in the case, you as a mother, you look at your child that you pray for to be great. Say, this child, you are useless for nothing. The same man you used to pray, you are calling your children names. But you wonder what the Bible says? If you call somebody a fool, the Bible says, you are in danger of hell. Which means, you will be judged. Your words will determine whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. The words of your mouth. Many of us, we have very sharp mouths. Sharp for the devil. The mouth you should be using to preach. You use it to say nonsense to people. Say nonsense to your, to your friend. You're calling people names. Stupid. Idiot. Do all those sorts of things. That should not come out from the mouth of a child of God. But remember, you'll be judged based on every word you speak. Your motive will be judged. Luke 18, 17 Say, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, 
Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Luke 12, 2-3. Luke 12, 2-3. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Neither it that shall not be made known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the hair in your closet, even that which you have said in your heart, <laughs> the Bible says, shall be proclaimed on the rooftop. So, I mean, of course, you have secrets. All of us, huh? You can hide it from everybody. But you can't hide it from God. When you want to know, when you are doing all those things that you know is wrong, just picture when you have a needle. You know needle? In fact, when you have, you have your phone. You want to hide behind this phone. Is it possible? Say, I'm hiding from you. You are doing either sick. I'm hiding. Am I hiding? <laughs> and that's what we do. We do this as if we are not conscious that God is watching us. And there will be a day of judgment. Number 16 is about the realities of the final judgment. Is that there are two categories of people. The people now. Two guys Two set of individuals that will be judged. Number one, the devil and the fallen angels. And number two, all human race. The devil and the fallen angels, Matthew 25, 41, 2 Peter 2, and Revelation 20, 10. And let me go to the second part, which is all human race also shall be judged. Everyone born starting from Adam up to me and until the future, until Christ come, will be judged, including children. You know, thank you for those that came for the CEF program, those of you that are not Friday school teachers this week. One of the things we were told in that meeting is that there was a research carried out. I gave you an assignment two weeks ago when I preached on sanctification and baptism. Now, at what age should you preach the gospel and ensure your child is born again? And there was a research carried out that children as small as three years old can understand the scriptures and give their life to Jesus. How old? Three years. So you see why you need to work on your children. Because if Christ come, they will be judged. Every child will be judged. He said the books were open. The small and what? The great. The devil is still recruiting for people to join him. And by the way, many of what many people ask, but why would God even create hell in the first place? <laughs> Matthew twenty five forty one answers that. Say, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his who? The hell was prepared for the devil and his angel. But unfortunately, he was able to entice Sister Eve. And that was the beginning 
of the recruitment effort of the devil for people to join him in hell. Hell was not prepared for you and I. It was prepared for the devil and his fallen angels. But as many that decided to go with him, God can't do anything. That is a choice. Say, my spirit will not strive with men again. Every man will choose what he wants. Where will this final judgment be? Of course, Hebrews 9.27 says, Immediately you die, your own judgment begins. And when your theology will say it will happen this time, whether you like it or you don't like it, the moment you close your eyes on this side of eternity, you open your eyes where? Whether in heaven or hell. That is where your own judgment starts. It is appointed unto man once to die after that judgment. I've told you this world is a marketplace. And if you love Lulu so much, say, Lulu, I want to be sleeping in your, in your shop. They will push you out. I go, care for is bigger. Okay, I'll, I think I will be staying under the cabinet in care for. Security will push you out. Whether you like it or not, death will push you out of this art one day. You love the world so much. You are enjoying the world. God bless you. Death will push you out of this world one day. You are in a marketplace. You are going back home to meet with your God. Are you prepared? And finally, on the reality, we must be afraid of God's judgment. As much as we enjoy His blessing, we enjoy His mercy, we enjoy His love, we must be afraid of His judgment. Psalm 119 verse 120. David said, My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgment. My flesh trembleth for the fear of thee, God. And I am afraid of your judgment. Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which killeth the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Isis can destroy flesh. Can Isis destroy soul? <laughs> there is no nuclear weapon that can destroy soul. They only destroy what? This body. Revelation 2.5 The Lord Jesus told the Ephesians church that remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And God is telling us this morning also, please remember where you are falling, where you missed the track, where you know you are not doing the way God wants you to do it, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee, how? Quickly. And remove that candlestick out of his place, except you repent. Brethren, whether you like it or not, the day of judgment is fast approaching. And for many of us, 
This is not to scare us. It's fast approaching more than you even think or imagine. Hello? More than you think or imagine. That day is approaching. He said, I will come quickly and remove you if you are still committing sin. And God is warning you and you refuse to confess. He said, I will come quickly and remove your candlestick. That's what the Bible says. Now, okay, what are the verdicts? The two verdicts is one eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ forever or eternity in hell with the devil. Which one do you choose? Eternity with Jesus in heaven, John 14, 1 to 3. John 14, 1 to 3, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. And ye believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, you know Jesus will not tell lie. So if it were not so, I would have not told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. You know, this is the uniqueness of Christianity. No other religion father said, I will come back. Only Jesus said, I, I will not send an angel. I will come back. But other religion said what? God will come and take you. Many people say, we don't even know what will happen to you. Just make sure you do the good. God will calculate your good and your bad. And the ratio. <laughs> you're deceiving yourself. They're deceiving what? Yourself. It's not about ratio. It's about do you live your life for Christ or not? Jesus said he will come back and receive you unto himself. And where I am, there you will be also. You see? The verdict is very clean. Jesus is coming to take you with him. And you will dwell with him forever. Or Jesus will say, Sorry. You unfaithful servant, go and join the devil in hell. That will not be the word that will come to you on that day in Jesus' name. And that will not be the word that will come to me on that day in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, He that thinketh his stand should take it, lest he fall. Until you cross over from this world unto eternity, you are prone to fall. Don't ever make that mistake. Ah, yes, I'm a bishop. I have been a Christian in Christianity for 50 years. Congratulations. Until you close your eyes on this side of eternity, you are prone to fall. And that is why you must do everything to make sure you don't lose your salvation. Revelation 21, 1-5 talks about what is going to happen in this new heaven and the new earth. And like I said, you will get the details of that in our cell meeting. When you get them, go and read it. Revelation 21, 1-5. Well, let me point out this, so that you have an expectation. Verse 3. Say, and I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. God himself shall be what? With them. And be their God. And verse 4. 
and God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. What a wonderful thing to, to, to be. That will only happen when you get to heaven. Christians have passed through trials. But in heaven, no more trials. See, I will wipe away all your tears. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Now, look at the opposite of that. That's what you experience in hell. However, let's go to this. We have said the judgment seat of Christ is to apportion reward unto Christians. But brethren, you need to know the type of work you are doing for him. On that day, many will cry. And you see that in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 15, verse 13, let's start from 13. See, every man's work shall be made manifest. Your work shall be tested. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. When you go back one step, verse 12, it says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stumble. So on which type of material are you using to do your work for the Lord? When you have fire plus gold, what happened to it? It becomes shiner. Fire plus silver, lesser shining. Fire plus precious stone, of course, you see some level of shining. But fire plus wood, what happened? Nothing left. Fire plus A for stumble, nothing left. And that's what the Bible says in verse 14. If any man works abide which he has built upon thereof, he shall receive what? A reward. Verse 15, if any man what shall be born, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. You can see there will be a cry in heaven. And I know how I will have done the work correctly. I will not be the one dividing the church. I will be an instrument of unity. I will have right motive for serving. Not motive to please pastor, but to please God. What kind of material are you using to serve God? Your Nature of work will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Which type of vessel are you in his house? Second Timothy two ninety to twenty one. He said there are many vessels: vessel unto honor and vessel unto dishonor. Which vessel are you in the house of God? The type of vessel you have will be judged. Are you a usable or unusable vessel in the hand of God? And of course, the second final verdict will be eternity with the devil. None of us shall be in the hell with the devil in Jesus' name. It's what you should not imagine for your enemy. When you read Matthew 25, 41 to 46, it said, Then shall they say unto them on the left hand, Matthew 25, 41 to 46, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angel. 
And when you go to verse 46, Matthew 25, 46, And this shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Hell is not escapable. Whatever you sow is what you will reap. Galatians 6, 7, 7, say, But be not deceived, God is not mock. For whatsoever a man sow, that shall he reap. Revelation 20, 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever, whether poor or rich, white or black, green or turquoise, purple, whatever it is you have, whether president or kings or whoever, whosoever is not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. You know, I've heard some people say, no, don't tell children about hell. It's too scary. Ah! You want to send them to hell? I don't tell children about the blood of Jesus. We're not deceiving ourselves. It's in the Bible. Remember, your children will be judged. Tell them about hell. But you do the wrong thing, you go to hell. You do the right thing, you go to where? Heaven. Revelation 21.8 Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the warmongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars. All liars. Remember, there's no small lie. There's no big lie. The Bible says all liars will do what? Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, when you read Luke 12, 47 to 48, Jesus gave a glimpse that it will be worse for someone that is a believer that backslides, or someone that has heard the gospel and still refused to give his life. He said, Your strife, your punishment in hell shall be more than those that did not hear the gospel. Luke. 12, 14, 7 to 48. Now, Jesus Christ was describing, let's see how hell looks like. You know, this is one of the topics that you don't, you don't have much of illustration to give. <laughs> or example, who has gone to heaven and has come back. <laughs> so, you must trust the word of God. And we'll read it. And of course, someone that we can never doubt is Jesus. Jesus does not tell story to entice people. Yeah? In Mark 9.43, it said, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands and you go to hell. Into the fire that never quenched. There is no fire extinguisher in hell. No fire department. Eternity in what? In hell. If you want to try, just put your finger on a candle. You know candle? You know the fire is very harmless. Candle. Just put your finger on a candle for one minute. And say, God, I want to go to come to that hell. Because it's sweet. Is that what you will say? Jesus said, the fire in hell never goes off. And he said something, the worm in the place, they don't die. You will not be found in hell in the name of Jesus. I say you will not be found in hell in the name of Jesus. 
And let's see the final part. So how do I ensure the final verdict for me will be eternity with Jesus and not with the devil? Number one, I've told you that, give your life to Jesus. Register your name on the book of life. Remove your name from the books and put it in the book. That's the fourth thing. Number two, fight the good fight of faith. And how do you do that? Hold on to the faith you have believed. Don't let anybody make you lose your salvation. Don't let anybody make you lose your salvation. I told you a couple of weeks ago that sanctification, holiness, is your entry visa to heaven. That you are saved, you have just gotten a passport. But on your passport, you need an entry visa to get away to heaven. And holiness, purity, sanctification is your entry visa to heaven. Are you holy? Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, you must remain holy. Number three, be ever focused. Run with patience and be spiritually disciplined. Many Christians are careless with their Christianity, with their salvation. Be spiritually disciplined. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, he said, but I keep under my body and I bring it under, I bring it on into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself will be a castaway. God forbid. Don't be a conductor that will be telling people, come to this vehicle. This vehicle is going to Nizwa. This vehicle is going to Nizwa. Come to this taxi. But after the taxi is full, what happens? The conductor is still standing. And the people that are in the car, we go. Don't pack people into church, into heaven, and you yourself will be in hell. Be disciplined. Jesus said, if it is your heart that will make you to go to hell, pluck it out. Be ruthless with yourself in dealing with sin. That's what he said. Stop playing with the devil. Stop playing with sin. And number four, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Which means, be busy for the Lord. Many of us were in the troubles we are today because the time you're supposed to be using to serve the Lord, you are busy serving the devil. Your talent you should be using for the Lord, you are using it for the devil. And you know the devil knows how to engage people. You don't want to come to church. The devil will give you sickness that will keep you busy. Oh, pastor, why did you? Oh, brother, why did you come to church? Oh, I could not move my legs. I could not move my knees. I was so tired. But if it is a, if it's a party they invite you to, you will be the first to get there. But you say, come to church. Say, no, I cannot. I cannot. The devil will give you every reason not to serve God, so that to keep you busy and drag the person to hell. Be busy for the Lord. Proverbs 11.30 Be an addicted soul winner. When you are winning soul, you are creating shit around yourself from falling. 
Many people don't know that. When you are winning souls, you are creating what? Sheet around yourself from falling from being saved. And ensure you have adequate oil in your lantern. Matthew 25, 1-13. 10 virgins, 10 Christians, they were on their way to heaven. So to say. They were on their way to meet Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, after some time, it's all of them were virgins. At a point, five became wise, five became foolish. Because they lack oil in their lantern. What is your oil? Your prayer and fasting. Your study the word of God. Your meditation on the word of God. That is your oil. Don't let it go off. Then you know you are on your way to heaven. But if the book you are reading are the books that will make you to get close to the devil. Where are you going? You already know. If your time is spent in what is not godly, you are already, already signing where the, the final verdict will be. Number five, cooperate with God. Second Peter 2.9, I like this. Second Peter 2.9. It says, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment. You know what that means? It is how you present yourself to God. You know, God is the, is the father of everybody in this world, including God created the devil. Are you with me? So if you want to be the devil, well, God will help you to get to that hell. That's what that scripture says. You want to serve God. God most high will preserve you to be able to make it to heaven. You have to cooperate with God. But it depends on which side are you to God. And finally... Be constantly expectant of the Lord's coming. Second Peter thirteen three thirteen. Second Peter three thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And in closing, we all know the story, the parable of Lazarus and who? The rich man. Many people have told me that I know it's, it's, it's just a fiction. It's not. Nice. It is a real event because Jesus mentioned names. He mentioned the name of Lazarus. He mentioned the name of Moses. He mentioned the name of Abraham. Is that correct? And he mentioned the name of prophets. So Jesus was not telling you a fable. He was telling you what happened. The rich man died because he lived. An unholy life. He was buried. They gave him a befitting burial. And he went to where? Hell. But Lazarus, poor. But he didn't go to heaven because he was poor. Because he was holy. The Bible says Lazarus died. He was not even buried. If you read it. He was not buried. But what happened? His soul was taken to heaven. Abraham bosom. Which you say is heaven. Because the other is hell. Where will your soul be when you close your eyes on this side of eternity? Where will your soul be? Where will your soul go to? It is not about, oh no, when I, when I die, use, use the whole beauty to bury the person. No! The rich man died, everybody would die. But what matters most is where will your soul go to? Let's do an average.
Revelation 22, 11 to 12. Revelation 22, 11 to 12. Can we have it on the screen? And we all read it together. Revelation 22, 11 to 12. Say, where to go? He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give every man according to his work shall be. Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Hallelujah, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. We'll be ready when the Lord shall come. Hallelujah, we'll be ready. Lord, I will be ready. I will be ready when the Lord shall come. You are here this morning, you are not born again. Please, you can joke with other things, you don't joke with this type of message. So if you gain this whole world, you become the richest man in the whole world. But you lose your soul. What have you gained? You are here, you are not born again. I want to pray with you. So that you register your name in the book of life. I want you to please raise your hand to the Lord. Every eye is closed. That will help them. Be praying that God will help you if you are saved. God bless you, you are saved. Be praying that God will help you to make it to heaven. God will help you to cooperate with him. But you know you are not born again. Please don't joke. I'm begging you now. There is no begging in heaven. There is no mercy in heaven. After you die, no more mercy. Tomorrow might be too late for you. You know you are still living in sin. Or you are born again before you are backsliding. Please, I want to pray with you. Raise your hand to the Lord. I will pray with you in a moment. You know you have not given your life to Jesus. Your name is not in the book of life. Don't be ashamed of the people that can only touch, blame your body. The Bible says, be afraid of the God that can kill your body and your soul. You are here, you are not born again. Please raise up your hand. I'm begging you now so that you will make it to heaven. You register your name in the book of life. Somebody there, you are raising up your hand. How wonderful will it be that all of us here, we are truly born again. And Ever start witness between the leadership of this church and you today that will give you opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. If you are still there, you are not born again, you have a case to answer with your God. You have a case to answer with your God. But please give your life to Jesus and register your name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. Even as we come to the conclusion of this service, let's remain in an attitude of prayer. Let's continue to talk to God. 
There are some decisions that have to be taken. There are some futures that have to be decided. There are two questions to answer today. Are you well or are you sick? If you are well, spiritually, it is well. But if you are sick, there are two more questions to answer. Will you live or will you die? If you were going to live, all is well. But if you are going to die, there is one question to answer. Where are you going? Is it to heaven or is it to hell? Today is the day that someone has to decide. Maybe you have decided, but maybe you have not decided. Maybe you are still throwing the dice and wondering whether heaven is better or hell is better. You need to make that choice. Romans chapter 14, verse 10 and verse 12. For we shall, all, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Nobody is going to stand with you at that point of time. You have to answer. I have to answer for myself. Are you ready to give an account of yourself if you're called right now? Just talk to God. Because God has been clearly telling us over time that it's time to stop being a hypocrite. It's time to throw away the different masks that we wear. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to receive Christ into our life. It's time to submit to Christ. It's time to put our hands in the hands of Christ. There is no other way. Your allegiance decide today. Is it to God? Is it to Satan? Every decision you take today is about you and your future. It's not about others. It's not about how this church goes. It's not how about how this land goes. It's about me and my future. It's about you and your future. Father God, we want to say thank you, Lord, once again. Thank you, Lord, that you have made it very clear, Lord, Father, that there are decisions that have to be taken, Lord. It is time for us to stop wavering, Lord, Father. It is time, Lord, for, for us to stop sitting on that wall and looking for the good here and the good there, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that what you have spoken to us this day, Lord Father, has entered into our minds, into our hearts, with searing clarity, Lord Father, that we will have no doubt that every one of us here, Lord Father, will choose this day, Lord, that in the days to come, we will be in heaven. And that is the only place we want to be, Lord. We want to be where you are. 
We have no other hope and we don't want any other option, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to, spoke, to speak to us this day, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have revealed unto us the truth that is hidden in your word. And we pray, Lord, that we will continue to search your word. Make clear in our minds, because you are going to teach us. You are going to minister into our being, Lord. We give glory to you. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. For bringing us this truth in clear tones, Lord. Father God, we ask that you continue to anoint him. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. That they shall continue to serve you all the days of their life. Father God, we commit each one of us into your hands. And we pray, Lord, that decisions that have been taken, we will be firm on it, Lord. There will be no wavering. There will be no doubts. We thank you. We give glory to you. We commit each one of us into your hands. We surrender ourselves. We submit ourselves to your hands, Lord, that you reign and rule in our lives. We give all glory to you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we share the grace, let me just give you a reminder for this evening. We will fellowship in a few minutes outside, but we'll continue the fellowship in the evening at Shangri-La. The exact venue is the Bar Al-Jissa Resort and Spa, Ballroom B and C. Uh, and if there are any transport issues, please be at Bethel by 5.30 p.m. this evening uh, if you require any particular assistance. If there's anything else, Pastor Sean, is that okay? That's fine. Right. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Let's move out. Let's keep fellowshipping outside.